Thank you. So good. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 39, which is on page 1135 in the Church Bibles. And it's headed up more than conquerors. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ was Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Good evening again, church. Um, let me pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this opportunity to be sharing with our brothers and sisters in this big family of faith tonight. And we pray above all else that your spirit might be here with us and within us, Lord, and that only your word can prevail and that we can feel and hear and respond to your heart, Lord. Uh, speak directly into our lives, Lord. We thank you and pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me recap again. Max from Argentina. I'm turning 32 in a little over a month. Um, and I'm going to be back in Argentina for my birthday for the first time since 2019. Um, I served on board the ship for nearly four years. I was first in the book fair, but then three weeks after we joined the ship, literally three weeks after we went in lockdown. Um, and we got stuck in the Caribbean. And every time I said that, I get that response. But to be honest, I don't like summer. I don't 
know how to swim. I don't like beaches. And like people, when I said, oh, I'm joining the ship, where? In the Caribbean. Ah, oh, sure. A missionary going to the Caribbean. What a good choice, right? I don't like that, actually. I'm enjoying the weather here, to be honest. Um, just for you to put it in perspective. Um, but yeah, we got stuck on this ship for two years in Jamaica. Um, and everything was flipped upside down. And as soon as we went into lockdown, I got moved into the kitchen, um, into a, a job that was not bad, but it was not what I wanted to do. Um, I actually, w when you join the ship, you um, are given options that you can choose from, and the personnel team will consider those options and dump them in a bin and put you somewhere else. <laughs> Most of the times, in my case, I got allocated into my first option, that was Bukfa, because I am not an evangelist. I am not that kind of people that says, sits next to somebody in the bus and starts speaking, have you heard about Jesus and all these sort of things. That, that just doesn't work for me. Um, I am very much an introvert in many different ways. Um, but I thought, okay, if I, if I join the Bukfa, I will have to be with people all the time. And I will have to talk to them and I will have to speak to them about Jesus. And so that will push me out of my comfort zone and, and there will be some sort of growth there. Um, and I did that for like three days. Then we went into in lockdown, as I said, we were working in the book hold in some projects because nobody knew how long all of this was going to be. Um, so at that time, um, we were in Jamaica, in Kingston, that was our last port in Jamaica uh, after Montego Bay. Then we were supposed to sail to Nassau in the Bahamas. And then we were going to cross the Atlantic to the Canary Islands, have our dry dock maintenance period there, and then come to Europe. We were going to come to uh, Cork, I think, was our first port um, in Ireland. And then we were going to be around here for a while. But nothing, n none of that happened. Um, and it was very challenging for me because at some point I questioned God and said, God, what am I doing here? What did you bring me here for? To wash dishes. 1,500 meals per day are prepared in the kitchen on board. That's a lot of dishes, a lot of cups, a lot of mugs. Um, we have different stations in the kitchen, and one of those in the, in the dishroom area is cups and mugs. I washed cups and mugs every day for a month when I got into the kitchen. Every single day, washing cups and mugs. It was not fun. And that pushed me to think, God, did you bring me here to wash cups and mugs? I thought I was supposed to become a missionary. I'm asking people to give out of their money, to give out of their time to pray for me, um, in the middle of a pandemic where people are losing their jobs, to sustain me here to wash dishes. And God said, it's not up to you to question why I brought you here and what am I, I am doing with you here. I chose this um, passage today. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I come from actually a very different style of church, um, Latin American Pentecostal church. Um, my church is not even, well, it's the largest church in my city. My city is about 40,000 people, and my church is 700 people, uh, and we're a branch of a 3,000 people church. Um, 
And I've heard this passage being preached many times as a way to bring comfort to people saying, oh yeah, don't, don't, don't worry, God, God is in control. Um, yeah, that annoying workmate um, that's been teasing you, uh, God takes care of those situations. And, and we use it for vain things. Everything I can, I, I, I am, um, I don't remember the verse in, in, in English, I have it in Spanish in, in my head. Um, but I can, everything, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And when you contextualize this verse and this passage, we can see that it's not talking about this sort of earthly th things. Actually, um, the last service of um, 2019, the head pastor in my church came to visit and he preached this passage. Um, and what, what stuck with me was uh, verse um, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that was my life ring. That was my life oil throughout my time on board. Because as I said, nothing was according to plan. I am somebody that likes planning things ahead, then putting things into schedule. When I joined the ship, we had a whole year schedule program of ports. We knew when and where we were going to be. We had the events calendars already in place. I've even seen, like I, later on I joined the events team and going through files, I saw menus for dinners of, of uh, thank you uh, dinners for a year ahead. That's how planned and organized things were on the ship. And when I joined, I copied all of that schedule into my personal schedule because I liked that. How, how everything was planned and organized, and I was planning things ahead already. Okay, we're going to be here, we're going to be there. We're going to be in the Netherlands for my mom's birthday. I'm going to get them tulips because she loves tulips. Um, and these sort of things were all already in my mind. And God said, no, and flipped the table. And that's when everything is, is shaky. And that's when this passage starts to apply, or should start to apply in our mind and that's when God keeps reminding us that all things will work together for good for those who love him those who according to his purpose have been called and if we if you keep reading for those whom uh, he foreknew he also predestined for those conforming to his image the image of his son in order uh, that it might be the firstborn among many others. So, and, and that keeps talking about a whole plan, a whole structure that goes beyond our understanding and be, beyond our knowing um, that most of the times God will not let us know. I, I was, right before leaving the ship, I was talking with a friend of mine um, because actually this was not part of the plan either. Uh, I didn't, not plan to join this presentation team and come here. I was finishing my commitment in September and then God knows. Um, and I was talking with, with my friend when this opportunity came and I said, many times walking with God feels like walking in the fog and, and this very thick fog that you can barely see your feet. At the moment I could see a few meters ahead, which were these three months 
What is going to happen after that? I don't know. And the process of learning this was very much painful. It was not an easy process. When you are someone like me that likes planning and likes having control of the situation, handing over the wheel is very difficult. I was talking with, with um, some friends as well, I think it was a youth group, um, and, and the description that I use is like, imagine that you're, you're in a car, in the motorway, and you need to hand over the wheel. And Jesus would be like, oh, yeah, just, I'll be, I'll be driving today. And, are you sure? Don't you want me to drive? No, 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 I'm going to drive. So Jesus sits in the wheel, you sit in the passenger seat, and he starts accelerating and going faster, faster, faster. And there's a, um, a truck ahead. I forgot the British word for truck, which is lorry, a lorry. There's this huge lorry ahead in the motorway. And, Je- and you're like, uh, Jesus, that's, that's a lorry. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Jesus, we, we, we're getting closer. Yeah, 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 I know. And your instinct will be just like, try to take the wheel. And Jesus will keep going, and maybe last second we'll just, boom, skip it. And sometimes he would just crash against the lorry. Because that might need what you need in certain situations. I felt myself crashing against the situations many times on the ship. Moments where I was, you know what, I'm done. I cannot take this anymore. The, the kitchen on board was for me a, a, a period of time where God processed my life in many different ways and crushed me and built me again and crushed me again and beat me again. But it was for me this process as well for, to learn to hand over and to trust the process. And today when I look back, I would not do it differently. Even though it was absolutely painful during the process, but I can see the growth in me now. I can see the change. I can see how these situations formed me into what I was supposed to be. This model of Jesus' follower that can glorify the name of God, no matter the circumstances, no matter who's seen what you're doing, when you work in the kitchen, it's a very much ungrateful job. You're taking everybody's trash all the time. You're picking up, the, picking up after everybody, picking up after 300 people. For those who are moms, you know what it is going behind people, cleaning after them. Some that's my know as well. Um, and not getting a single word of thankfulness. One episode in particular that I can remember was, so we had these uh, rubbish bins in the dining room where people can separate the rubbish. And every day, um, what we used to do, they don't do it anymore, we used to close the dining room so we could deep clean everything after, after lunch. And I was cleaning one of these bins, and you open them and you take out the bin, change the bag, and you need to wipe everything inside. And I remember being there on my knees, 
wiping this bin inside, with literally my head inside of the rubbish bin. But half of my body inside of the rubbish bin. And the thought that came to my mind was the thought, the, the picture of the woman who broke the, the bottle of perfume and washed Jesus' feet. And God said to me, this is also worship. And that was crushing for me. Because I come from a church, I grew up in a church where serving God would be being in the pulpit. Serving God would be being part of the worship band. Serving God would be lead a home group. Serving God would be preaching. Serving God would be being an usher. Those were the people who served God in a nice suit, nice and clean, smiling in the service. And God told me, being on your knees with the head inside of a bin, wiping it, that is also part of my mission. That is also part of the worship because you're doing it for me. You're not doing it for any person. You're glorifying my name through this. And it's also necessary. A few, um, like a month ago, um, in the office in, in Noem, it was, somebody brought up this thing of, of how important it is as well for, for certain jobs to be. Things need other parts to work as well. It's a big mechanism that needs different elements. We need Peter in the office. If, if he's not there, the numbers will not work. He's essential. He's not standing in a pulpit talking to people. He's not traveling around or being taken. Ah, can I take a picture with you? But he's the one who moved the gears, the rest of the gears. He's part of that mechanism that makes the other things possible. And that's all part of this big process, of this big uh, clockwork mechanism that God has in place for um, his missions. So then... What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Lots of situations we, we had to go through on board. And people keep going. The, 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 the ship is like a big pressure port um, where, people, uh, where God processes people. When you have over 300 people from nearly 70 different nationalities, each of them with their culture, each of them with their language, each of them with their background, even, even when, you have, when you share the same language, something very common that happens when the Latinos come together from different countries, 70% of our conversation is trying to explain each other, what did you mean when you said this thing? Even though we speak the same language, it's such a diverse language that we end up going into, you, you can end up going into misunderstandings because certain words in other parts mean something completely different and most of the time very much insulting. So... You need to be apologizing with people. It's like, no, 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 it, it's in my country, this is not bad. We use it this way. I was like, oh, okay. And so you start doubting and then friction comes all the time. So there will be a lot of things that will come against you. The things that will come as trials and things that will come as attacks. This, no, it was last year. About around August last year, if I'm not mistaken, we got a fantastic opportunity. We got invited by the government, or two different sections of the government of Libya, for the ship to go and visit. It was crazy. It was not the first time, actually. Uh, a few years ago, um, actually, the daughter of Gaddafi, 
invited the ship to go there and, and the ship was there in a completely different political context. Um, but this time we were invited again and uh, it was fantastic for us because the Arab world works in a way that they're all interconnected and whatever happens in one place is spread around the, the Arab world and we were trying to go back into the Arab, Arab world as well. And this was a great opportunity for us to, to open that door as well. So we got invitations from the government in, uh, 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 Tripoli, which is the capital, and Basra, which is the unofficial capital in the east. Um, we were getting ready to get there. Uh, are we sailing? Mm, yes, no. Are we sailing? Yes, no. We were in Malta waiting. And then uh, we heard the news that the government in Tripoli canceled the visit because basically they went on Google and typed Logos Hope and they found the link with the web. Um, and so the religious police, which is this organization that makes sure that all the precepts of Islam are followed, um, it decided that it was not good for the ship to go there because we were going to go there and evangelize them, which is not quite true, but that's, that was their decision. Still, the government in Basra decided to carry on with our visit. We went there for about 10 days, and it was fantastic uh, to get there and to see all of these people coming on board every day. Uh, they took care of absolutely everything, of the security, of yeah, the controls, of all sorts of things. They even brought food for us and, and stuff. But there's no way for me to explain the spiritual pressure that we could feel over those days. As some people say, you could cut the air with a knife. We got spice coming on board all the time. In the most literal James Bond sort, well, not, not, not maybe just James Bond, but people coming to the book fair and <coughs> sorry, trying to trick our crew members to say things that were not true. Um, like going to the cafeteria in the, in the public area and asking for a whiskey. And they're like, we don't have alcohol on board. Are you sure? No, but you're a Christian, so yeah, but we don't drink alcohol on the ship. Um, things like that. People trying to hack into our IT system. We had to block um, different apps like WhatsApp, for example. We, we were not allowed to use it because it could be hacked um, from, from onshore. Like all, the, all of this pressure was on us all the time. But that was as well a time in which um, the crew members, we, we turned ourselves even more to God. And, and stress a lot in prayer and united in prayer for ourselves, for our own spiritual protection, but as well for the government and for the people there. So that, that all of these things um, are the things that Paul is referring when he um, talks about Jesus being the firstborn. These are the sort of things that God will use to form us into models of Christ. All of these situations that God will bring or allow into our lives to form us into these models of Christ. That's what, <coughs> sorry, what Christian means, right? Um, little, little Christs. It's not only that as well, as I said, it's all of these other situations um, that you encounter with people and even the good things can become obstacles sometimes 
on board, you meet people, you get to live with people, you build relationships and friendships and things that are more than friendships, people that becomes your family, um, that then at some point, changeover season comes and you need to say goodbye. And you're literally tearing apart your soul and a part of your soul goes to live in the opposite end of the world and you have no idea if you will ever get to see this person again. And the phrase that you hear a lot in, when it's changeover season and you walk by the lobby and people are there crying and saying their farewells is, okay, if it's not here, it's in heaven. We will, we will see each other again. It's absolutely fantastic and it's very sad in a way, but very hopeful as well. Um, because we share that hope as well of, of knowing that if we, if we don't meet here, we will, we will meet again in heaven. My point with all of this is that many times when you hear from, from a non-profit organization, a missions organization in our case, when <clears throat> you are invited to, to join them, we, we talk a lot about how rewarding it is. And it's very much rewarding. Getting to, well, the, the catch that some people used to invite people to the ship is, oh, you're going to travel all around the world. Yes, I did visit 25 countries with the ship. And it was fantastic. Um, and there's, there's a lot of positive things. But taking that step is not easy. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of <coughs> um, leaving things behind. I was 28 when I joined the ship. I just graduated from studying um, communications. I was starting a project uh, with my friends. I got a job in a, in a radio station, in a, a very good radio station with a very good um, salary. And I put all that behind to respond to the call. To respond actually to a call that I didn't want to respond. When I first heard the call from God, my first response was no. I worked so hard for all of this. I studied for three years. I, I pushed to get into a very competitive industry, as is uh, the voice acting um, industry. I, I got this amazing opportunity in this radio station. No. I don't have a passport. I, I never left my country. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. And I went to my pastor hoping for him to say no. And he said yes. So when, when God is speaking so clearly, you, you cannot just say, okay, no. I mean, you still can make your own choice. God gives us the, that possibility. But I would have never been as blessed as I am today. I have basically nothing. I don't own a house. I don't own a car. I don't have a formal job. Um, I don't have... Uh, a pension, a retirement pension back home. But I feel so blessed to be part of this kingdom work. And I know that I am planting in a place where nobody can steal from. Where no plague will, will, will break uh, what, I'm, what I'm planting. And that is Fantastic. And that is what keeps me going. And this verse again, every morning, for those who love God, all things work together for good. I hand it over the wheel. 
It's not easy. I still try to take the wheel sometimes. There are situations going on right now in my life that I'm like, Jesus, are you sure? And he keeps stepping on, on, on the accelerator. But, but it's a lifelong process. And that's my challenge for you tonight and my encouragement. The challenge is to, to step out. I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too sick. I, am, I never left um, when. We can put lots of excuses. But God keeps reminding us that all things work together for good. When he is the one who calls us, we shall fear absolutely nothing. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing can stand against his love. So again, the challenge is step out. The warning is, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be painful. Lots of things are going to come against you. Lots of trials, lots of attacks from the enemy. But be reassured that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Let me pray again. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father God, we thank you because you are way, way greater than any of us. Our minds cannot even try to understand how great is your power, how great is your wisdom, Lord. We are absolutely nothing. We are, we are a drop in the ocean. We are dust floating around in the universe. But even still, you decided to invite us to be part of your work, to be part of the restoration of creation. And that is the most fantastic thing <coughs> that could ever happen to us, Lord. And we thank you for that, even though we do not deserve it, Lord. We believe that tonight you brought a challenge to us. And even though this challenge came through an imperfect man, we want to take the good and get rid of the bad, Lord, and meditate that in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, Lord. We pray that even, though, even throughout the week, your word can still resonate in our heads and in our hearts. And whatever calling you have for us, that we can hear it clearly. And that we can have the courage, Lord, to respond to it and to act. Father God, we acknowledge that everything we have, everything we are, is just because of you, Lord. We would be absolutely nothing. We will be lost, Lord, sinking in sin if it wasn't because of your sacrifice. And we want to have a response of gratitude and praise to you by joining you in whatever you want us to do. God, I bless this congregation and I thank you for the possibility and the honor to be sharing with them. 
And I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.